2: Better late than never. Welcome.
3: Yeah. Hello. It's your baby. It's
2: fucking yeah. time, Randy.
3: I like, really like the bag milk. Product. Yeah!
2: Bag <laughs> milk. Yes?
0: This is Cece. Hello. Cece. Hello. Cece. Hello. I'm a boy.
3: CSIS. Mm-hmm. Tyler, your object is so fucking sexy
4: Jesus
2: yeah yes. fucking anton lander
4: it's my favorite.
2: who
3: the
0: fuck are
2: you A better late than never this is so fucking sexy Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Better late than never, episode 17, Bag Milk here. And as I always do, I start off this podcast by saying hello to Arcadia Brewing. Check them out at arcadiayegg.com to get everything you need to know about them. Or if you're on social media, Arcadia Brewing Co. on Instagram, Arcadia Brew Co. on Twitter. You got it? Do you understand? I knew you would. It's not very complicated. I just want to say again, thank you to Arcadia Brewing for making this all possible. And later on, I am going to have a very special guest. I've got Colin Bazran. He is the mayor of Kelowna. He is going to be joining me shortly. But before we get to that, before we get anywhere, we need to look back at what happened since the last podcast. It is time for the news. The news is brought to you by me, Bag Milk. April 13th, 1220 p.m. It is a sunny yet brisk day in the capital city. Edmonton Oilers coming off their second straight loss. It is disappointing. We're going to get there. So we might as well just jump right into it with a look at what happened over the last couple of uh, the last week since our last podcast. Last three, next three. That's what we're going to call it. The last three games and then the next three games. So last three, next three. So what happened? Last week we recorded on Wednesday. The Oilers beat Los Angeles. Huge game. Got it done in regulation. Absolutely needed that one. From there, though, they did lose an OT to Colorado on Saturday, though... The frustrating part about that game, at least for me, was that the Oilers were the better team there. They were absolutely dominant from start to finish. Well, maybe not from start to finish, but I would say for 50 minutes, 45 minutes of that game, the Oilers were easily and like easily the better team. Easily, The fact that they couldn't get that extra point, especially when they had a power play in OT, that was an absolute bummer, but here's the thing. If the Oilers play that way, if the Oilers play that way, like they did against Colorado last Saturday, April 9th, they are going to be fine. They are going to be absolutely fine. From there, however, didn't really go our way. Last night's game against the Minnesota Wild was not very good at all. (laughs) I don't know what it is about the wild, man. There's just something about this team that they're the Oilers kryptonite and it drives me fucking bananas. And I just, I don't, I wish I had a solution for it. I wish I knew what the issue was, but it's just not there. The Oilers have been outscored by a 16 to five margin this year against the Wild in those three games. They've now lost six straight to the Wild. That's this year. That's the sweep. And that dates back into the pre-pandemic season when they were actually playing against other teams other than the Canadian division. What is it about the Wild? I don't get it. But it was an ugly, ugly loss. And when asked about what happened in Minnesota, here's how Jay Woodcroft described it.
4: Uh, We thought we were the authors of uh, a lot of the chances against. Just uh, with our breakout execution, our net play, um, we can be better.
2: Is there a level of concern at all? Because like you had mentioned, some of those goals they capitalized on were just straight-up turnovers in in your zone. What's your level of concern with the defense? And maybe some there is there a level of concern, I guess, would be
3: a better question.
4: I would say that uh, we've tried to have the mindset of taking one day at a time. Today uh, wasn't our finest hour. We didn't come away with any points in a tough building. Uh, we can play better. Easily can play better. I mean,
2: the author of their own, what did he say? The author of their own destiny or something, very flowery language from Jay Woodcroft, and I always love it. They That was it. I mean, I think back to the very first goal of the game. That was a beautiful pass from Duncan Keith. It went to the wrong team, mind you. You know, that was a mistake that the Oilers just can't make against good teams like that. And there was, that happened multiple times in that game. The Keith Bouchard pairing was a disaster. And I've got a lot more time for Evan Bouchard to make those mistakes. He's still, I mean, I know he's not technically a rookie. He couldn't win the Calder this year, I guess, which is some weird rule, but like he's still a young guy and he's got a lot to learn and he's playing some important minutes. But the guy who's supposed to shelter him a little bit, supposed to teach him, Duncan, come on, man. We need so much, so much better than this.
4: Why are you bullying me?
2: I'm not trying to bully you, Duncan Keith. I'm just saying that I think that you need to play better. All right? Whoops. Wrong one. I didn't mean to shoot you. This is what I wanted. All right? I just think that there's there's an opportunity to be better for a lot of players last night. Migo Koskin was not great. Nobody's going to write home about a 793. But I would also wouldn't hang all five goals on him either. You know? I just I just wouldn't. The Oilers the from the crease on out had a game to forget last night against the Minnesota Wild. And so to finish up the last 3, 3 down, 3 up, going 1-1 one, one, and 1. Hmm. Do we like that? 3 of a possible 6 points. I'd love to do better. I'd love to see more. I'd love to get a better night out than that. But we'll see what happens against the Predators tomorrow. The Nation Vacations down there, our record is 1-6 on Nation Vacations. We're in attendance. I'm not counting last night's loss or else they'd be 1-7 for the viewing party. But the Oilers need to play better. And when asked about what comes next, Jay Woodcroft, well, here's what he said.
1: Jay, you've talked
4: about the strides that you guys are hoping to make to become a great team. Can a game like this be looked at? As to how consistent you have to be down the stretch in order to become that great team. Well, what I thought about that game tonight it was a it was a heavy game. Um, it was a game where every shift mattered. In terms of, uh, I didn't think we leaked a whole bunch of chances or were uh, spending a numerous amount of time in our own end. I think at the end of the night we gave up 23 shots, but. Are there moments that we can be a lot better? And there are. Uh, and specifically if I was just gonna kinda nutshell it, I'd say our breakout execution. And our net play has to get a whole lot better, especially against a team of that caliber. No kidding.
2: I mean, from the crease on out, like I said, the Oilers have to be better. And last night was a game to forget. You flush it, you move on. That's the only way I can describe it. There's nothing good that comes from that game last night against the Minnesota Wild. Outside of, of course, Leon Dreisaitl, he scored on the power play last night. That was his 21st power play goal of the year, which sets a new franchise record for power play goals in a season, passing both Ryan Smith and Wayne Gretz who each had 20. Isn't that weird? Like, Smitty, I get. Like, Smitty, you know, I understand that one. Like, oh, Ryan Smith scored 20 power play goals in a season. That was a hell of a season for Smitty. But I was almost surprised to see Wayne Gretzky didn't have some crazy number attached to his name, you know? Something like that. I mean, 20 power play goals is a lot. But, like, wouldn't would you have been surprised if they said Wayne Gretzky has scored 60 goals on the power play? I wouldn't, you know? I just wouldn't. Well, maybe sixties heavy, but you know what I mean, right? Of course. The other thing that I want to talk about last from last night's game is there was the melee or the potential scrum where a lot of players flew in. Vander Kane was in the mix. He was standing up for Kayler Yamamoto. He came to defend his teammate. He got swarmed by Minnesota Wild players, specifically Ryan Hartman, who was swinging, also uh, flipped him the bird. He got a fine for just under five grand for that today. And when asked about that little. I don't know, what do you call it? Altercation? Like, the refs step in. I don't understand where the linesman stepped in. I would have loved to see Evander Kane absolutely dummy someone last night. That would have been one of the only good things about that last last night's game, is if Evander Kane would have dummied someone. But, didn't happen. What did Kane say about the whole thing? Well.
4: Yeah, that's what, you know, these little guys, they, they want to act tough, <laughs> but they're, they wait for the linesman to come in.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I love that. Hartman's quote, and I'm paraphrasing, I don't have it in front of me, was, well, there was five of us. Welcome, come nobody on their team came to defend B- Evander Kane? Well, that is a problem for me too. I, I mean, the Oilers did dawdle to get in there. I would have loved to see everybody fly in and make their first punch a drop kick, but that's not what happened. That's just not what happened. And uh, it's a shame the linesman had to stand in there. I know Louis DeBresco wanted to see it. Whoops, clip there. I know Louis Bresque would have loved to see that clip, or that scrap, I should say. Would have loved to see it. Uh, Looking ahead at what's to come tomorrow. Nashville. I'm hoping they win it for the nation vacation. We've got a fine crew down in Nashville. I hope the boys pull out a win for them. Then they've got a massive game against Vegas on Saturday. That is a four-point night. In terms of the standings, right now the Oilers' current magic number, as I'm recording today on Wednesday, is 12. If you don't know what that means, basically we just need to get a combination of 12 points. That could be 6 Oilers wins, that could be 6 uh, Golden Knights losses, it could be 3 wins for the Oilers, 3 losses for the Knights, you get it. You get it. You just gotta have some kind of win-loss combination between the Oilers and the Golden Knights with our boys on the right side of those wins. That equals to 12. 12 total points and we're in. Right? When talking about the playoffs, this was a quote from Leon that was making the round, so I had to play it. I wouldn't want to play us in the in the first round or in the playoffs uh, in in general, right? So, um, it is important. With that being said, though, that that we do stick to our, our details and 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 uh, you know take pride in, in doing the little things right. I love hearing Leon Dreisalwitz talk that way. I love hearing him talk with confidence. I love him. He I love hearing him talk about. You don't want to play this team. You don't want to play this team because we will dominate you. The Oilers are playing some good hockey outside of last night's game, and I'm excited. However, should we even start talking about this yet until we've got that sweet, sweet little X next to our name? Or should we wait until the Oilers have clinched before we start talking about this kind of stuff? Oh, I can't wait for clinch miss. I just can't wait for clinch miss. I'm gonna ask Colin Bazaran. Mayor of Kelowna, what he thinks about this, how he's dealing with the stress of the stretch run. It's not easy. It's not easy. So again, the others have Nashville tomorrow, Vegas. That is a monster, monster game on Saturday. That's two o'clock start. And then they've got Dallas after that. That comes in next Wednesday. So we've got Thursday, Saturday, and then nothing until Wednesday. So there's a little break there of three days between the Golden Knights and Dallas Stars. And those are going to be stressful, stressful evenings, my friends. A lot of scoreboard watching happening at the Old Castle Bag Milk right now, and it is not a great, great time. It's not a great time. Last night, immediately after the Oilers game lost, I'm doing the B-Cast, and we start watching the Vancouver game. Vancouver was up on them at 1.31, and then they ended up winning in OT. I mean, thanks, Vancouver, but couldn't you get it done in regulation? You know? Help us out here. Help us out. But once we get to the playoffs, who do you want the Oilers to start? Do you start Mike Smith? The oddness of what's going on right now is Mike Smith has currently passed Miko Koskinen in terms of save percentage. Now, it's not exactly fair because he's played fewer minutes than Miko has, but Mike Smith now has a 903. Miko Koskinen has a 902. Neither of those is ideal, by the way. You want to be up higher than that. Like 9-15, nine, 9 fifteen—that's where you want to be. So we're still got some work to do. Stuart Skinner—he is the highest ranked goalie in terms of save percentage. He is eight, nine, thirteen. Why he's not around? I don't know. But this is what we got. So who do you start? Who do you start? I just don't know. I just don't know. I'm not superstitious, but I'm—I am a little stitious. And since I am a little stitious, I'm not even going to talk about the playoffs until we got that sweet, sweet X next to our name. Looking at the standings, though, last night did not help. In terms of scoreboard watching, it was as bad as it gets. So the Oilers got no points. They are at 90 points in 74 games played. That is two two points up on Los Angeles with a game in hand. So LA has played 75 games. They have 88 points. Vegas right behind them, 85 points over 74 games played. This is going to come right down to the wire, and I am absolutely stressing about it. Absolutely stressing about it. Who's going to sneak into the playoffs? Who's getting in? Who's getting in? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm excited about it. I'm excited. I'm nervous. This is the best time to be a sports fan. It is the absolute best time to be a sports fan. And that's why I'm super excited about my next guest, Colin Bassran. He is the mayor of Kelowna. How did I get the mayor of Kelowna on my podcast? I'm going to ask him that. I'm going to ask him that. The interview with Colin, of course, brought to you by Manscaped.com. After lighting the lamp, hit the showers with this all-in-one skin and hair care kit that covers you from head to toe. Literally from head to toe. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest of your body and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to Manscaped.com using the promo code BETTER20, BETTER20 to receive 20% off your order and free shipping. Got it? Of course you do. Manscaped.com, one, that's step one. You pick out your stuff, right? You use the promo code BETTER20. That'll get you 20% off your order and free shipping. I am very excited about my guest today on Better Late Than Never. I honestly don't know why he's here talking to me, but I am very fortunate, happy, excited to talk to Colin Bazran, the mayor of Kelowna. Welcome to Better Late Than Never.
1: I am so happy to be here. Thanks for entertaining the idea. I, I
2: can't believe that you're here. So my first question is,
1: don't you have anything more important to do?
2: Like, Isn't the mayor stuff kind of... You know, are are we pushing some important matters to the
1: back burner here to talk a little Oilers or what? So I created my own hashtag called Maring, hashtag Maring. And yes, there is some important Maring to be done done in Kelowna. uh, But those who know me and know me well know that a lot of my time is uh, spent um, worrying, cheering on, um, being stressed out by the Oilers. Uh, You would think that, you know, being a guy from Kelowna that I'd love the Canucks, um, but they're my least favorite team probably on the planet. Uh, I grew up an Edmonton Oilers fan, uh, idolizing Wayne Gretzky. He is uh, he is my god still to this day, and uh, I blue you know I bleed the blue and orange just like uh, all of you out there.
2: So, little history here on Colin. From what I was looking it up, you went to uh, you graduated from BCIT, worked Good. as a television journalist at CHBC TV from two thousand two to two thousand seven. You left there to go become a realtor. And then uh, city councillor in 2011 before being elected as mayor in 2014. How did how did we go from going to BCIT and becoming a TV journalist to getting into politics? So how did that start? Uh, Was that a passion of
1: yours? Well, I think politics was always a passion of mine, which led me at first to journalism. So uh, being a journalist and being on TV in my hometown, I thought, how does life get any better than this? Uh, but apparently it can, because then you can become the guy who gets to make a lot of the decisions. Um, but no, I've always loved the news. Uh, growing up, 60 Minutes was one of my favorite TV shows. I'm kind of a nerd, I guess. And uh, also growing up, I'm uh, I'm 44 years old. So growing up uh, in the late 70s, particularly in the early 80s, uh, I remember watching a Ronald Reagan speech on TV and telling my parents I wanted to be the first Canadian president of the United States. That was my first career aspiration. And, um, you know, maybe someday, uh, but no, I, that was, that was how I just ended up where I did, uh, I have always loved the news, always loved politics and, uh, what better way than to, um, you know, make, uh, make a difference yourself. So that's what I'm doing.
2: Oh, what about being an Oilers fan? Cause as far as I could tell you're in Canucks territory, how did this happen?
1: Yeah, it's, it's actually tough being around so many, um, Canucks fans. I gotta say, um, it's, uh, including my own father, who tries to indoctrinate my children to becoming Canucks fans, but I have them well-trained. Yes, Um, But no, it's, it's tough. Uh, But I, I, like I said, I always grew up an Oilers fan um, was just drawn to uh, Gretzky and the boys on the bus as a kid. And, uh, you know, like I say, have stayed loyal ever since, even though, as we all know, it's been really tough at times, Um, particularly the cycling of the old boys club through all of the top positions um, but you know what? I, they still play a great brand of hockey that I always love, which is Fast and Furious. And um, yeah, I, I still hope that one day uh, we will see those glory days return. We're, we're kind of close, but you know, uh, man, it's, it's tough after last night's loss to Minnesota, struggling a bit. But uh, you know what? Uh, they're still my team. They always will be. And I love the fact that my son, who's nine, is absolutely Connor McDavid crazy. Uh, Leon Draisaitl, of course, played for the Rockets here, so there's that yep. connection, as well as Duncan Keith. Uh, you know, so I, I live in a city that has uh, probably the best uh, junior hockey franchise in the country, uh, which has pumped out a lot of NHL players, and uh, some of them Oilers. So that's been really cool. Um, but no, I, I will always be an Oilers fan, and uh, I'm hoping that there's some things to celebrate here in the uh, in the coming years ahead.
2: Fingers crossed. We got a very tight playoff race here coming up. We got less than 10 games left on the season. It's going to be tight. Seeing though, as you're, I'm thinking about it now, because you are the mayor of Kelowna, you're an Oilers fan, but I would imagine there are times where you have to pretend at least, or, you know, go Canucks, even if you don't mean it. Is there ever a time where you got to never
1: No, really? never. people, people know me enough and well enough to know that that would never happen. And they would just know it wouldn't be sincere. Um, so it, it's, it's just, it's just not possible. I'm afraid. And, and you know what? Um, yeah, even uh, yeah, there's a couple different sports too. Like there's a lot of Seahawks fans here too. Mm-hmm. And even that's just hard to be around. And people who know me know, yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve and uh, they can tell when I'm faking it. I can't fake Canucks love. I just can't um and i will like i say forever be an oiler fan and uh that's why too i always love and uh here's another plug for oilers nation because i love oilers nation you guys have always been good to me the last time we hung out uh you guys had your uh, nation ski trip here about three years ago at the big white ski resort but i'm going to put in a plug for another uh, nation golf tournament here i just think that that's uh where you guys need to be There's a lot of Oilers fans here, a lot of Oilers who spend their summers here. And I'm telling you, um, I just put it on the radar. Oilers Nation golf trip to Kelowna. Anytime you let me know.
2: Well, it's funny you bring that up because yes, that's a great idea. Golf tourney in the Okanagan. Come on. But so I have a group text with my buddies and they're just asking about the podcast. And, you know, if you've listened to this show at all, I've, I've been complaining about audio. So they're asking how that's going. But then when I said you were, you were coming on, the first thing all my buddies talked about was, whoa, 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 wait a minute. We need to get out to the Okanagan. We need to get out to Kelowna for a wine tasting tour. We are living the red wine lifestyle here at Oilers Nation. This is a new thing that we're dreaming of. And I couldn't possibly think of a better place to go for a little
1: wine tasting
2: than with the Mayor Kelowna. Come on.
1: I would, I'm okay. I'm totally down for that. Happy to set it up. And I'm sure we could find a great wine to go with beets. I'm sure we could.
2: Anything to kill the taste of the beets with that's just, that's really all. I'm I know after. we it can be do Pure gas. So hundred
1: percent. So let's figure out some dates. I'll be happy to help sort that out. Uh, some wine tasting with maybe a round of golf or two, uh, interspersed in between. I'm so into this. Absolutely.
2: That sounds like a hell of a nation vacation. Okay, let's do it. Uh, actually that brings me to a question from a listener. I asked on my podcast last week, do you have any questions for the mayor? And this uh, that guy Mike says, as a resident of the superior wine region of the central Okanagan known as West Kelowna, we're all sports fans and wine fans. We need to get a bracket going for the best Okanagan winery. Is that something we can also do when we're out there calling?
1: I can't see why we couldn't. I mean, anything is possible in this day and age. So yeah, let's do that. Uh, one thing that although, Go ahead. although I do have to say that that listener said he was from West Kelowna, which is a different municipality than Kelowna itself. So he is not from the superior wine area. of West <laughs> Kelowna. Kelowna is actually the superior wine area. However, the wine over in West Kelowna is pretty good too. Uh, and we, uh, we travel back and forth. So I just want to make that clear, though.
2: Uh, another thing that I was, so I was getting prepped for today's interview. i um, excited about it. One thing I noticed on your Instagram page is a clear love of music that you've got as well. I saw some some videos of you singing with the hip replacements. Yeah. Is that... Where does the love of music come from you? Because as I saw you doing your thing, you were up there singing some tunes. It just triggered in me this dream I had as a kid of being in a punk rock band, wearing the chains and the spiked collars and all that shit and playing punk rock tunes. What, what about for you? Is, are you a big hip guy? Was
1: that always the dream? I was a huge hip fan, but I'm just a, a, a major music fan. I love live music, live for it. Um, so actually, uh, two of my best buddies just held an amazing concert up at Big White. Uh, that featured the Arkells. They're probably my favorite Canadian band at the moment. Uh, The Glorious Sons, also another kick-ass Canadian band uh, that I absolutely love at the moment. Um, But no, uh, my parents, actually, the love of music started with my parents. There was always music playing in the house, always. And uh, just through that, I grew to love it. Um, One thing I'm sad about, I guess, in this digital age is, uh, like I can't remember going to record stores uh, and like waiting for a CD release and getting at home and like yeah. reading the lyrics and the liner notes. And I mean, that's, that's something my kids will never ever get to uh, experience because no. it's just instant now and straight to their phone. But I used to love the anticipation of an album coming out and then waiting in line at the store for it. And uh, anyways, uh, I digress here, but I, I love live music. I'm a, i am I think in a, um, maybe a future life, I will come back as a, a, a uh, the lead singer of a, a band. Um, my ex wife says that probably was my calling and I missed it. Um, <laughs> so uh, maybe who's, one day, but no, I, I love all kinds of music.
2: Who's the inspiration? If you've seen your ideal front man, that's the guy that I want to be. Like, is it a Robert Plant type or is it the Gord Downey type? What are you thinking?
1: Well, you, you've nailed two actually of my favorites. So, um, uh, of my top five bands, so we're talking here like uh Metallica, mm-hmm. Led Zeppelin, of course, Tragically Hip the Foo Fighters and the Beatles. Um, but man, Dave Grohl brings it and it just breaks my heart that, I don't know, I have a feeling we may never see the Foo Fighters again. And that just totally crushes me. Um,
2: I was thinking that too, you know, because like Dave Grohl, first of all, Foo Fighters are an amazing band. I, I regret very much now, obviously with the passing of Taylor Hawkins that I was never able to see the Foo Fighters live uh during the pandemic obviously a lot of changes were happening we spent a lot of time working at home as opposed to going into the office so one of the great things about youtube is i would just stream concerts to my tv all day and for the foo fighters the foos they put on a hell of a show so i watched countless foo fighter shows over the last two years and just absolute bummer but i was thinking about that too that was dave girl's best friend Yep. I could absolutely see them just, you know, maybe a, a four Taylor tribute concert or something, but then I could see just never again. And that's, that's heartbreaking.
1: Yeah. I just finished Dave Grohl's book and he talks a lot about Taylor in it. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they shut it down as a result of this. I just yeah, got it too. It's a great read. Um, so the, yeah, anyways, uh, but Foo Fighters. So Dave Grohl brings it. He is probably the best entertainer right now. Um, Gord Downey, obviously legendary, Legend. um, so, yeah, those two are, are huge influences for sure. One band I'm really looking forward to seeing again, though was Metallica. Yeah. Man, they have been together so long and they are still crushing it. And um, so looking forward to them going on tour again. And I actually, one of the things that has been bucket list for me being a huge Beatles fan is Paul McCartney. And I'm finally going to see Paul McCartney for the first time ever in a couple of weeks, taking my parents for my dad's 70th awesome. birthday. So I'm so pumped for that.
2: I was lucky enough I too am a massive Beatles fan when I was growing up my mom always had the Beatles playing in our house so I just have like a love from when I was a child for the Beatles and I was lucky enough to spend way too much money to go see Paul McCartney a few years ago. I was basically sitting in space at Rogers place like I was nowhere near the stage but the show that man puts on at his age is incredible. He played for well over two hours. The explanations of songs leading into each other were great. He'd pull up an instrument and he'd say, uh, George gave this to me in his garden. And we were, as he was walking through and he plays, Here Comes the Sun or something like that, you're going to have an amazing time because that That's man is fun. a treasure. Yeah. Obviously, we're here talking about a little bit of hockey as well. Another thing you let me know before we started recording You've got quite the team you're playing with out there in Kelowna. I want to hear about this. What? What, what is this a men's league? Is this just shinny? What are we talking about? And then yeah, also so some is, of the guys you're playing with are incredible.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a shinny group. So we play every Thursday. We call ourselves the uh, Thursday Night Hockey League, the TNHL. And it uh, includes, uh, a, you know, uh, several uh, former NHL players, as well as guys who played over in Europe for a living, and then punks like me who grew up playing rep hockey, but whose shoulders never uh, grew any broader than uh, they did <laughs> when they were in grade six. Yeah. So um, it, it's such a great group, and uh, it, it's intense too. So uh, what it, uh, what happens is we all uh, we name two captains at the start of each skate. The two captains will then strategize and figure out who they want to pick. And then we battle it out to games of five. And then we have a crazy statistician. His name is Mike Ridley, former 40-goal uh, scorer for the Washington Capitals back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. He is our um, uh, commissioner, if you will. And uh, what we do is then we play for this trophy before Christmas and at the end of the season where it's the high percentage versus the low, uh, low uh, winning percentage guys. Um, but, yeah, yeah, so some of the skaters out there. So this year our rookie of the year was Brent Seabrook. Uh, oh, just
2: you know, a casual you know name such. there.
1: He's the only guy, though, in the TNHL currently making $7 million a year, but that's fine.
2: Um, <laughs> yes, he is. We, we have, uh, uh, I, ho- I hope he's buying some drinks after. At least he's bringing the beers or what.
1: We have Jordan Tutu, uh, Wade Redden, uh, Todd Simpson, uh, Corey Cross, uh, an ex Oiler out there. Yep. Uh, another guy named Tyler Bouk, uh, Aaron Volpatty. Um, Interesting. I?
2: I've got a beef with Aaron Volpatty. Oh, I'll tell you, we played this three-on-three tournament out at Fairmont Lake Louise a few years ago. That looked like a
1: ton of fun, by the way, this past year. I was like, damn, I need to get on the nation team for that.
2: You have to come out with us next year. So this past year we did in January was in Jasper, and they did just such a great job of preparing the grounds. The ice was great. We got super lucky with the weather. It was about minus three. It was perfect for a little bit of shinny. But a few years ago, we were playing at the Fairmont Lake Louise in this exact same tournament is different location. And Team Oilers Nation, we had done a little bit of partying the night before. We weren't exactly feeling our freshest. And our first game of the morning, I walk out and I look and there's a guy dropping a Washington Capitals bag right next to the ice. And I'm just like, well, this doesn't seem good. Out comes all the equipment, still got the cap stickers all all over it. Realize it's Aaron Volpatty. And one thing that I can tell you, Colin, with great certainty, is that a hungover blogger at nine in the morning is no match for a former NHLer. So while the beef with Aaron Volpatti is very one-sided, he did nothing wrong. I've got a grudge there.
1: I've got a grudge. I'll let him know next time I see him. Hey, if Uh, I'm ever
2: out here in this uh, this Thursday night hockey league, if I ever get a chance to play with you, we might we might have to drop the mitts here. We'll sort. Well, maybe I'll
1: put you in the same golf group for the golf game.
2: There you go. There you go. Now he can, uh, now he can watch me embarrass myself at two sports. That would be much better.
1: But no, this, uh, this TNHL is such a great group. And, uh, you know, I think it goes without saying just how many uh, NHLers either retire here or spend summers here. It's uh, it's pretty spectacular and they're all great guys. So one of the really cool things we have is an event coming up uh, this summer, uh, that includes past and present NHLers is to raise money for our hospital foundation. Uh, it's a slow pitch tournament that's hosted by, uh, Blake Como and uh, Josh Georges, uh, formerly of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. And we have so much fun, and it is a blast. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll even have to time the Nation trip out here around that uh, because the uh, the guys are always in the mood to party, and uh, it's such a great time.
2: That sounds like a fantastic time. If there's one thing I know about the staff at Nation HQ, if we can mix in a little hockey, a little golf with some partying, that is where we are at, okay, perfect.
4: 100%.
1: Stay this,
2: when you've got guys like this playing – uh, and I know it's we're talking shinny here, but does it get competitive or is it pretty kind of casual?
1: Oh, it fully gets competitive. Uh, actually, in our last game of the season, we had, uh, and not uncommon to happen a couple times a, a year, uh, we had the Simpson brothers. So Todd Simpson, uh, who was formerly the captain of the Calgary Flames, has a uh, younger but much better looking brother who played <laughs> pro over in Europe, and those two battle, and they almost dropped the mitts uh, on our last skate. And uh, it's not uncommon for them to do that, uh, you know, a couple times a season as, you know, brothers typically would. Sure. Um, but also, you know, Toots, uh, he's, he's still got a little fire in him. And uh, occasionally he'll uh, upset some guys and, you know, words are spoken, but I don't think anybody wants to drop the mitts with Jordan Tutu. So nope. usually he can just skate around and do what he wants. Um, but uh, like I say, it's, 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 it's a fun group, but it's cool because, you don't have to deal with all the bullshit of, a you know, playing in leagues where you've got all these young kids who think, oh, I'm going to show these guys what, you know, yes. uh, and it's it's good, clean hockey. Yeah, it gets a little intense at times, but we all know, you know, some of us like, uh, you know, slugs like me have to go to work and the uh, the the pros who get to sleep in at least respect that. And uh, it's just good, clean, probably the best hockey in town, but we don't have to worry about, you know, clowns trying to make a name for themselves, which yeah. uh, which works out pretty good.
2: Do you guys, do you guys get some people from Kelowna to watch?
1: Uh, I would say no, people probably have far more better things to do in their, in their lives than come out at nine 45 to watch, to watch us play hockey. Um, But uh, you know, occasionally there'll be, you know, guys coming in and out of the rink that uh, you know, have games before or after that'll, you know, stop and watch. And we play on a rink too with a bar right next door. So yeah, people will sort of be uh, you know, having a peek in and recognize some of the faces out there. So it's pretty cool, especially for a guy like me, like, um, you know, I played that hockey, but you know, never junior or anything like that. So to be sharing sure, the ice with these guys for the past 10 years, has been pretty spectacular. It's like a dream come true for me.
2: Where are we slotting you into the lineup here? Are we are you a forward puck moving defenseman. What's your spot?
1: I'm 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 a, I'm a dependable right winger, probably a third or fourth liner, depending on the talent uh, Blue at guy. The time. and a pen- penalty killer extraordinaire. Cause I just worked my ass off there and back. A uh, little buzz, uh, buzz buzz, around the ice, and, uh, but you know what? Uh, as far as uh, filling the net, mm, better chance of a puck going in off my ass than off my stick, they but that's count. okay. At least I'm in the right place at the right time, right?
2: They all count, and if you can get exactly. an assist from some of those NHLers, come on. I mean, what are we talking about here?
1: Yeah, so I got, I've got wheels, but my hands are just garbage.
2: Well, it happens to the best of us. I would, I would put myself in that same boat. Wheels, no hands. Just gotcha. bricks, just exactly. bricks in the mitts for me. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Oilers. You talked about coming back from little vacay. Unfortunately, you have to come back rolling into that win- loss against Minnesota. What do you make for, about this team this year, Colin? Because as somebody who, you know, I write about the team every day. I podcast about the team I'm having a hard time putting my finger on it because they started out hot as a pistol. We all knew it. And then in December, January, they had that really bad lull and then they come roaring back after the Woodcroft hire. What do you see from this team? What do you make of them?
1: Well, you know what? Before last night's game against Minnesota, I was finally at a place where I was like, you know what, especially really encouraged by the games against the avalanche. I was like, okay, here we are finally in a place now where put us up against anybody. We could win, but man, Minnesota last night just really oh was a punch to the gut. Yeah, and it's like okay, maybe we're not quite where I thought we were, um, but I think we're still moving in the right direction. We are we're climbing the mountain at the right time, and I, I do think that we will. My hope is, anyways, that we will surprise some teams. I know we still got to get in. I think we'll get in. Um, and I think that we will, will surprise a team or two, um, but where are we right now? Mm, I, I, given the signings and some of the moves that were made in the offseason, to be honest, I think we're right where I expected us to be. Uh, I wasn't wowed by any of the moves. Um, the, the Duncan Keith giveaway to start the game last night. Um, really Beautiful good. pass though. Taped oh, it wasn't it. it?
2: Wrong team, mind you, but you know, it was right there.
1: I don't know. I think we're right where we should, where we should be. I like the, uh, I actually like the trade uh, deadline moves. Um, Yeah. They were subtle, but I I like uh, the two players we brought in, but I I just think generally our defense is not where it needs to be. Goaltending, you know, Mike Smith, I was actually surprised Smith didn't get the start yesterday uh, against Minnesota. Um, Not that Koskinen can be faulted for, uh, you know, many of those goals last night but um, it's still a question mark. It is. Uh, Mike Smith, by the way, lives in Kelowna. love the guy. I've spent some time in his backyard and on his boat. Awesome guy Um, and competitive as hell, man. That's another guy you do not want to make angry Um, and still fire in his belly. Um, But uh, yeah, I think that, that the goaltending is still a question mark. So where are we? I think we're trending in the right direction, but we're we're not there yet, and I don't know that we're there to go. Well, we're, I know we're not there to go all the way this year. Um, we still have some moves to make, but generally, I like where we're heading. Um, but there's uh, – yeah, defense for me is still the big one.
2: There's just something about a loss to the Minnesota Wild, too, oh, that drives me crazy. This team, since they came into the league, since Jacques Lemaire, they have just been a bane of They're, they're – they're so – Problematic to me, and a loss is just so annoying. That makes six straight losses to the Wild. All three this year, the boys got swept, dating back to pre-pandemic seasons.
1: It's just there's
2: something about this team.
1: Is there? Right, is you know, there? Yeah. Go ahead. I'm not even bothered by you know games or losses to Carolina anymore. I mean, I'm I'm over those nightmares. Uh, Minnesota for me is the team. Uh, you've nailed it. Like, what is it about them that um, they are a kryptonite? And it just drives me nuts
2: it drives me nuts too. And it's not like, listen, Minnesota is a good team. They're a very good hockey team, but they're not, they're not world beaters by any stretch, at least not to me. So the fact that the Oilers just, they can't seem to get anything done against them. I mean, they were outscored this season, 16 to five to the Minnesota wild. And like, why, how, like, how does Connor get held off the board? Like, how does everybody look so quiet? I don't get it. And it's just frustrating.
1: And I saw a stat, I think, from the game yesterday that Minnesota is scoring more goals at home than uh, any other team in the league or, or yeah. close to it. So it's yeah. not like they're playing this crappy trap hockey anymore. They're scoring goals, and we can't match that. It just And then to lose to guys like Cam Talbot and Devin Dubnik to boot? Yep. Like, seriously.
2: Yep. You know, they're playing a lot of heavy hockey, though. That was some big boy hockey that Minnesota was playing last night. And I think the Oilers, that was... I hope that was a wake-up call for them as they head into Nashville tomorrow. We've got a crew down in Nashville for the nation vacation, so I'm hoping they get to see a win, but they need to tighten up when the four checks are hard because Minnesota was all over them, and that lack of time and space really, really was a problem for the
4: others. It,
1: It started from the opening puck drop. Drysaddle's line got caved in at the start, and I don't know if you noticed, but then Woodcroft changed the line and had McDavid's line out against Minnesota's top line and still not without a whole lot more success. Uh, And then they moved Cass onto McDavid's line, which I don't think really made much of a difference. Um, Yeah. Anyways, they they played very heavy hockey. They um, really, yeah. Anyways, it was total domination and it was tough to watch, especially on uh, our boy Nuge's birthday of all days. I know.
2: I know. My boy didn't have a very good night last night.
1: That is one thing you and I have talked about and we share is our love of the Nuge. We do. we We have kept the Nuge. Um, my understanding is he even had his bachelor party out here uh, last summer was the, the word on the street. Um, I didn't get invited to that. So I'm not so happy about that, but whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you and I both love the nudge. It was we do. not the uh, birthday present we were hoping for him.
2: It wasn't. How do you how do you handle those situations where uh, I, I've been in the room with some Oilers from time to time? I got to pretend that I'm cool and I don't care. How, how is it for you? I mean, you're in a different spot where you're the mayor of Kelowna. So I imagine you meet some of these guys a little bit more often. But do you ever have that moment where you're just like, these guys are Oilers? I love the Oilers, man. I'd love to scream about the power play, but I'm not going to right now.
1: Uh, yep, I have definitely had those moments. There was a time. Uh, was it last year or two years ago? Uh, that the Oilers actually spend a couple off days here and practice at Prospera Place, which is our uh, home of the Kelowna Rockets. And so I uh, managed to sneak in there with my kids and, and watch them practice and get them to sign some jerseys and stuff. And um, no, th- that's pretty cool. Um, but no, I, I'm, I'm pretty reserved. I'm not one of those who uh, likes to pretend I know everything and um, I'd like to play it pretty cool. And if I'm asked, certainly I'll, I'll give my feedback. Um, but uh probably the closest I've ever come to that is uh, Todd McClellan lives here and uh, he has a really nice house on the lake and and he and I become friends. So I'll go and, uh, you know, sit on his dock and and have a pop on one of his Adirondack chairs and we'll just sit, you know, sit around and shoot the shit. And um, now that he's not with the Oilers, I I get to tell him how I really felt about uh, what was going on at the time and some of the things I thought he did. So that's kind of neat. But otherwise, no. you know, I'm a kid in a candy store and my heart still gets, you know, pumping a bit and I get excited. But um, I know enough now to just, uh, play it cool.
2: I might have to try and get some of those stories out of you when you're not recording, you know? So those are, those are the ones that everybody wants to hear about. Uh-huh. Fair enough. You know? Yep. <laughs> Uh, okay. So we've got less than 10 games left. Big game against Nashville. We've got Vegas on Saturday. That is obviously a massive one. If you're looking at the that, we're going to look ahead a little bit. We're going to count our chickens, as they say. Do you have a, a team right now that you'd love the others to face in round one? Or are you kind of like me where I don't really care. I just want them to get in. And Once they're in the dance, I'll worry about it. Once I get that little X next to their name, then I can think about that. But at, at this point, I don't really care. I just want
1: them to get in. Yeah, I would feel the same. Uh, I really don't care, uh, you know, who we face or who we match up well against um, because apparently we won't be facing Minnesota regardless. So that's a good thing. Yes. Um, But no, I I just, we just need to get in and take care of business here. Um, And, and yeah, we really should be able to, we, like I say, I I have, I'm at this place now where I feel like we can take on anyone in the league uh, on, uh, on most nights and so, no, let's take care of business and then worry about who we get in the first round after that. Um, yeah, there isn't anyone really, I think we match up better than anyone else uh, aside from aside from Minnesota. So, no, let's let's bring it on.
2: How are you handling the stress of the playoff run or the the stretch run? Because for me, it's one of those ones where, okay, the Oilers game ends last night. Obviously, they lost. And then I instantly start darting around the scoreboard to see how out-of-town scoreboard is going. How are you handling this?
1: Uh, yeah, so doing a bit of the same. Um, but also just given my job, don't have as much time to do that as I'd like. So I, I rely on, uh, Oilers nation to keep me updated. So always on your website, checking things out. And, uh, occasionally there are times when I'm like, where's the game day info. Come on, let's go. Let's be a little quicker here. I need to know who's in the lineup, what's happening. Um, but otherwise, no, I, I don't do a whole lot of scoreboard watching and I, and I won't, uh, probably until we get down to, uh, you know, the final four, five, six games here, which I guess we're getting close to now. But um, no, I, I just don't have enough time between this job and two busy kids to, to be doing all that as much as I'd love to. But I can tell you though, once we are in that first round of the playoffs, I have a, I'm a very superstitious guy. So i got to sit in the same seat, drink out of the same cup, do all the same things. When things are rolling, you can't change that routine. You just can't I love that.
2: I love that so much. That reminded me in 2017 when they did their little, uh, the two round run, I wore the same hoodie for, I think the last six, yeah. seven, eight games that they played. So I'm right there with you.
1: I know exactly what that's like. And, and so everything has to be remote, same volume levels. Like it's, it's insanity. Yeah. You don't want to be around me during that playoff game. Cause it's like, don't touch that. Leave that alone. I need uh- that there.
2: A hundred percent. I'm with you. Hopefully, any chance we can get you out to Edmonton if there's if once we there's get a good
1: chance. So uh one of my best friends lives out there and uh he has been telling I still haven't been in a game in the new rink yet. So I need to get out there. Perfect. Um and so we have talked about it. Um there's a high possibility that could happen, but I've also sort of got my eyes on the world juniors maybe this summer too. Yes, yeah, in August. Um that would be uh that would be really cool. A summertime world juniors, that's pretty sweet. Uh, but no, I would love to, and chances are good. So let's uh, let's keep in touch because uh, there's a high probability that I'll be out there for a playoff game.
2: Love that. Uh, running out of time here, Colin. So I gotta I gotta end off with a couple of my my signature questions here. Uh-huh. Better late than never. Okay, here uh, we go. F- first of all, this one came in from a staff member at Oilers Nation, Cam Lewis. Uh, can you please ask Colin what he and the rest of the Kelowna City Council are doing to protect its residents from Okopogo?
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a very good question. Um, well, <laughs> I get a lot of hard-hitting questions. That might be the hardest hitting of all. I, Come on, I, Cam.
2: I know, I know. Well, we only, only heat here on Better Late Than Never.
1: <laughs> we, uh, we like to drop, uh, you know, as you know, we, um, we have some great wine here, and we, we tend to drop the occasional uh, wine barrel in the lake at night mm-hmm. when nobody can see. Of course, and, uh, that's that tends to keep the ogopogo happy. And uh, so far, so good.
2: Another thing I love to talk about on this podcast is grocery, door de- grocery store deals. And with the price of groceries rising these last little bit, I love to talk to about this kind of stuff. Colin, is there something that when you were a kid, you absolutely loved, loved it, loved it, you ate a lot of it, drank a lot of it, doesn't matter what it is. But then as you grew up, as you started buying your own groceries, you look at the situation that your parents went through and you went. Wow, I probably shouldn't have eaten all that cheese. It's very expensive. For me, that's what it is. It's cheese, it's cherries, it's pistachios. Okay. Bless my old man for buying all that stuff because I went through a ton of it.
1: I like where you're going there. So I grew up uh, on an orchard. So have drank my fair share of apple juice. We also purchased a lot of juice. There is a world-famous juice factory here called Sunripe. Yes. Oh, boy. I used to drink Sunripe by the Tetra Pack. All the time, I tell you, I have a hard time drinking juice now. Um, it's kind of ju- you know, apple juice is like my beats for you. Um, really? Yeah, it, it's uh, I have a hard time drinking apple juice these days because we drank it by the gallon back in the day. So yeah, that's probably the one for me where it's like I walk by and I just go, man, I, can't, I just can't do it anymore.
2: What about the kids? Are they they big juice kids, or you look at it in the fridge and you kind of go, ah, oh, I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: They have, they, well, thanks to their dad, uh, they don't get to experience the apple juice uh, <laughs> the way that I had to as a kid. Um, their big thing, they like this, uh, the bubbly, that all the, yep. the sparkling water these days, these spoiled kids.
2: Yep, yeah, so no, just the tap water. Now. Yeah. Bubbly for me was tap water. And if there was some bubbles in it, that's all I got. Exactly. So, last question. I am right now trying to sell my house as a former realtor. Do you have any advice for me on moving this unit?
1: Drop the price. Come on, man. Drop (laughs) the price.
2: (laughs) Stop fishing. Get serious. I love it. My very last question for you, Colin. This is coming out today. It's Wednesday. Oilers play Nashville tomorrow. How about a little score prediction?
1: Oh, let's see. I'm going to say 3-1 Oilers.
2: I love that. I'm going 4-2. Always on brand. Mayor of Kelowna. Colin Bazran, thank you so much for joining me. A little fun fact for you. I have some family and my mom live in Kelowna. And when I send them this episode, they're going to wonder how the hell you ended up talking to me here. So I thank you very, very much for your time. And we'll absolutely keep in touch as we get closer to the playoffs.
1: Love this. Thanks for this opportunity.
2: Again, I want to say thank you to Colin Bazran for joining me as my guest. Interview brought to you by Manscaped.com. After lighting the lamp, hit the showers with this all-in-one skin and hair care kit that covers you from head to toe. Literally, head to toe. Manscaped is below the waist. Now trust them with the rest of your body. Join the 4 million men worldwide. You trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com, picking out your stuff, using the promo code BETTER20, and getting 20% off your order along with free shipping. That's exciting. That's very, very exciting. You know what else is exciting? The Rig Hand Distillery Voicemail. righanddistillery.com i'm asking you that i'm asking you to go there go to righanddistillery.com check out the tour and tasting coupon head on out to the facility in nisku check out how they make the booze grab yourself a drink grab yourself a bottle grab something to drink i recommend the double double that's what i've got sitting on my table right now if this was a weekend i'd be pouring that in my coffee maybe i'll pour some on ice cream later righanddistillery.com of course is the sponsor for the voicemail you guys are leaving me some good ones so we might as well jump right into it
0: hello it's a donkey yes let's get that way oh you're talking about um guilty (laughs) pleasures always obviously big ups to Aha. take on me Mm -hmm. because i saw them live in doncaster which was a bit sexy no but um kelly clarkson (laughs) Make me stronger
2: than that I was just going to say that I was going to say Stronger by Kelly Clarkson Is a smash jam And I don't care what anybody says (laughs) The whole thing, I love it Is my absolute tune So I shall mask that By saying
0: Kelly Clarkson Doesn't make you stronger (laughs)
2: <laughs> the battery dying at the end i don't know how anybody doesn't like Donkey volley because i very very much enjoy him voicemail number two
3: you're listening to better late than never with bagged milk
2: yes Ooh, that one's very erotic maybe a new bumper new new button for the bumper board voicemail number three
3: All right, so I've been reading some articles on kind of the difference, uh, the team scene between having Dave Tippett and Jay Woodcroft. And, you know, I think a factor that everyone has been seriously overlooking uh, is the fact that Dave Tippett never grew the tip stash. That's probably a fireable offense in and of itself. And, you know, maybe that was a big...
2: Listen, I don't know where you're going with the end of it. We're going to finish off your message, but I'm going to go ahead and agree right off the jump. Dave Tippett never gave us that mustache. It seemed like it was starting to come back in the Winnipeg series in the playoffs last year, but we didn't get there. And had he started growing it maybe a month or two earlier, get a full, thick duster as we head into the postseason, now we're talking. Now we're making moves, and all of a sudden we look like we mean business. Look at us. Look at that photo that was circling to him uh, post-firing where he's got a beard coming in. Where was the beard, Dave Tippett? It. where was the beard or the stash
3: reason for the boy's struggles just curious on your thoughts on the uh, on the lack of a tip stash and you know maybe uh maybe we can get woody to
2: even you
4: know chip in like a mustache or something
2: listen if jay woodcroft can grow a mustache and now that is a different question entirely because our man our boy our man's is baby-faced he could be 40 or he could be 200 and you'd never know. Can he grow a beard or a mustache? I'd love to see it. So if he does, I'm all on board with Jay Woodcroft, even more so than I already am. I'm also with you on Dave Tippett letting us all down. I'm also with you on that because the tipstache could have made a difference. It could have been that extra 10 to 12 to 15% that we needed, and I am just not happy about it at all. Let's talk
0: about a word. The word is beep.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. (laughs) I think I missed that one. One more. Let's talk about a
0: word. The word is beep.
2: Uh, Beep is the word, says Donkey Volley. I wish I had a... You know what? Once I start getting some prizes to give away... Some of these sponsors give me some prizes to give away. Maybe I'll start using secret code words. Maybe beep will be the first one. I don't know.
3: Somewhat apologetic beep. Yes. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. beep. Oh, yes. Wow. What's real, happening? That's enough beeping for now. Oh, thank you, oh.
2: Donkeyboy. You're a madman, and I love you.
3: Hey, bag milk. Uh... The name's Adam. What's up, Adam? Uh, Big fan of your podcast. Thanks, man. And to answer your question, I'd go Skinner because I still think he's our best goalie, but they're probably going to go Koskinen. I want the Kings over the Knights or Calgary because I want Calgary in the second round, which we will win. And then I just scream a lot to deal with the stress.
2: Adam. Adam's looking for a Calgary second round battle of Alberta matchup. I think that'd be great. I don't really care. I don't really care. As I said to Colin, I'm not, I, I just get in and then I'll worry about it. Until I see the little X next to the Oilers name, I'm not even considering playoff matchups yet too, too much. I know I said earlier in the podcast, Well, but like ultimately just get in. So the questions that Adam asked was who you started net for the playoffs. He would go Koskinen, albeit did choose Skinner. First round opponent, how are you handling the stress? So another answer that came in was from Martin Lunden. DOFO's on Twitter if you follow him. Koskinen over Smith any day of the week. Still, Smith is still an even bigger liability. Koskinen is solid if the D is solid, but would still have liked Skinner as an option. His ideal playoff opponent would be the Kings, probably because we're going to get Vegas. And to deal with the stress, he listens better late than ever. Thank you very much. Uh, Luma says, think LA is our best bet. Think we match up well against them. It makes for good hockey. The Master versus Apprentice also feels like a good storyline. Obviously, McClellan and Woodcroft. I like that. But it may just be me. I don't think Vegas is necessarily a bad matchup either. Uh, Depending on the opponent, Loomis adds, uh, I think Schmitty and Kosk offer two different looks. Kosk is a wall versus Schmitty battling and continuing play. Against LA, I feel like Koskinen would be my answer. Uh, as for dealing with the stress, Loomis adds in taking the Woody approach just one game at a time. It's hard not to look at the out-of-town scoreboard very hard, but you just got to take it game by game and see what happens. Addressing the shortcomings from the previous game and keep it on building. Uh, another thing, this was not a voicemail, but did you guys see the Chris Pronger thread he put out about where player fees go if you're making six million bucks? I don't know exactly why he did this. I'm sure there's some kind of context for it. But if you're making $6 million in the NHL after your your escrow and your agents and blah, 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 he had, this is a, what, 10, 15 tweets, you end up working with just under $3 million. Now, are we feeling sorry for you if you make just under $3 million, even if it's about 43% or 40% of your income? Hmm. That's a lot of taxes. That's a lot of fees. But ultimately, I don't make $3 million. You know? I don't make $3 million. I would very, very much like to make $3 million. If you love this podcast enough to sponsor it for $3 million, there's not a whole lot I wouldn't do for you. Take that as you wish. Next voicemail.
3: Hey, Bagmelk, It's Adam again. What's up, uh, Adam? I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Why does Kylie Yamamoto not get the same amount of love as Yesapuli Arvi? He turns over pucks just as well. He throws big hits, even though he's a lot smaller than everyone else. But when he does the same things as Yessa, he doesn't get the love. Like, I love Yessa, but I love Yamo too. I don't get why everyone overlooks Yamamoto when he does the same thing. Yamo deserves love too.
2: That's an interesting question. I wonder if it's because, I wonder if there's anything to do with the fact that Yessa, he went to Finland, comes back, had some success, and he's kind of like the team puppy almost, you know? You just look at him and he makes you feel good. I think that's it. I don't know, though, because Kaler Yamamoto, he had himself a decent run there. What did he have, six or seven games in a row with a goal? He is tenacious on the puck. He's a dog on a bone. He'll hit. He fight. Oh, he, he's got a lot of fight in him. You know, he'll go to look for turnovers, he'll go to look for loose pucks, he's not afraid to get in the corners, he's not afraid to get greasy. So why does Yessa get more love? I'm going to say it's the puppy effect. He is a large adult puppy. And that's all I can think of. It really is. If you got a better answer why Yessa gets more love, I'd love to hear it. Hit me up in the voicemail, hit me up, JSBN Bag Milk on Twitter. Hi, my name is Bag Milk on Instagram. Good question, Adam.
0: Hey Bag Milk, you're a wine guy now. You do wine things. You even own a wine skin. You're super wine guy. But you're probably wondering how to take us all to the next level. Like a proper drinking vessel. Perhaps a chalice, maybe a goblet.
2: Now we're talking. Danger Suede, is this you? Because if this is Danger Suede, he is speaking my language. I've been thinking about this. What do I need? Like a, just what kind of vessel do I need? So I'm liking where this is going already.
0: But let's say you also want to be hands-free. You don't want to be, you know, saddled with the responsibility of making sure you know Camel where your pack. cup is. Because, you know, those things can get lost easily. Well, sir, wine already actually has an answer for that. It's called the task event. Imagine a small cup attached to a chain you wear around your neck. Now, historically, <laughs> chains also been, you know, bedazzled quite a bit. You know, little
2: charms. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Just picture this. It's a playoff party. The Oilers are in. They're up in the first round. And in walks Bag Milk into Campio. We're having a playoff party. We walk down to Campio. In walks Bag Milk with a goblet, or I don't know what Dangerous Wade said there, a Tastavan. But in I walk with this around my neck. That is a look that anybody can get behind. You can set your watch to that look
0: jewels all this other stuff so look into a task event because then at that point imagine you roll into a party wine skin under your arm tasta event around your neck bedazzled charms you know you'd be basically you know 18th century french duke party mode guy which who doesn't want to be that so look into a test event thank you
2: dangerous wade you make a lot of sense to me a test a task event. And like, I said, like you said, and like I said, imagine me rolling into a nation party wearing one of those. Everybody's having a good time.
3: Everybody. Hey, Big Milk. Let's talk about accountability. Let's talk about someone saying he's going to do something on Twitter.com. And then when the Oilers win and the thing is supposed to happen, it still hasn't happened. Like a week later. We talk about accountability on the ice. We talk about accountability of officials. Let's talk about accountability of Tyler Uremchuk.
2: Tyler Uremchuk, after the game against the San Jose Sharks, he tweeted to me. He says, if the Sharks win, or if the Oilers win, Remember, at that point, they were down one nothing. Nuge got the shorty, ended up winning it in OT. He said, if the Oilers win this game, I will give you a kiss. Now, we are over a week out from that game. We are a week out from that game, I should say. And where's my kiss? Tyler Uramchuk fears paying his bets so much so greatly that he fled the country down to Nashville to avoid paying his, paying his, paying his bet. He's welching on this bet. And I'm not saying that I necessarily want the kiss from Tyler, but at this stage, I've accrued so much interest on this kiss. So much interest that Tyler's going to have a real problem when he comes to settle. And I agree with surveyor Brett. I agree with Surveyor Brett that, Tyler, you need to sort your life out. You really, really need to sort your life out. I am not here to have bets unpaid. That's me shooting Tyler. I didn't mean to, Tyler. You gave me no choice.
4: Hey Pegged, it's Sherry. Um, last night's game was well, in a word, in the toilet.
2: Um, as to who I would start in net right this second, if the playoffs are starting, I'd probably go with Skinner. Um, you have an awesome podcast, it makes me laugh. Uh The antics between Presto
3: and Donkey Volley, who, yes, is British and who is a hoot consistently. Um,
2: Other than that, I'm looking forward to the latest episode. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Sherry. Leave a message anytime. I appreciate that. Yes, I didn't hear from Presto this week, actually, but the antics of Donkey Volley, always appreciated. Doggy Volley also took some heat. Presto took some heat. Doggy Volley took some heat. The voicemails in general took some heat. But I think that we're improving. I'll cut you off if I think you're running long. We're upgrading. And also, thank you for answering the questions. Another vote for Stuart Skinner. Unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be in the mix. That's not what I would do. That's not what I would do at all. But... Unfortunately, Jay Woodcroft isn't asking for my opinion, and even though he should. And there you go, the Rig Hand Distillery voicemail. Go to RigHandDistillery.com and find the Tour and Tasting coupon. It's right there on the website. That'll get you a free drink, free pass into the facility out in Iscu. Find out how they make the booze. Get yourself a bottle of Double Double for your coffee, whether you're golfing, maybe just a little weekend drinky poo. It's delicious. Or if you're a fan of the B-Cast, check out the Brum. From my friends at Righand Distillery, RighandDistillery.com. There you go. Another podcast in the books. How I want to end it? Well, there's this. Tomorrow, Nashville, we need this one. I'm going to say a 4-2 win for the Oilers. That's very on brand. Saturday, Vegas. That one is huge. That's a four-point game that the Oilers absolutely have to win. Again, that's another 4-2 win that you can tuck in the bank. However, the time between now and then, there's a lot of time to there's a lot of time here. And they've got wins they need to rack up. We've got losses in other places that we need. LA, Vegas. You need to lose. It's a stressful time. It's a stressful time. I also want to thank Colin Bazran, mayor of Kelowna, British Columbia. For jumping on the podcast with me why did i have a mayor on here why did he clear his schedule to talk to me these are all questions i would love to have the answers to but they'll take time to find they will take time to find i also want to thank arcadia brewing of course for jumping on as a title sponsor manscape.com better 20 is your promo code there and rig hand distillery and lastly before i wrap i just want to know if you've made it this far how do i sound I bought some new equipment. The equipment I talked about last week that I thought was going to fix the audio, well, it's here now. It's here. I did it. I'm using it. I'm using it. How do I sound? Do I sound okay? Is it a 6 out of ten? Seven out of 10? 10 out of 10? I'd like to hear it. Hit me up in the voicemail. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. DMs are open. And that is another episode of Better Late Than Never.